do, 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 do. Oh, here we go. Oh, God damn it. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Uh, all right. This is working. Oh, okay. Hey. Hey, um, welcome. Hi, sorry. Um, I don't know how to work Mac, work MacBooks. Um, I've got... You think pads in the shop? Yeah, I'm I'm confused. I think I figured it out. I, uh, I, yeah. All right. I've got a. I've got uh. What is what's it called? Uh, you have your Windows on your Mac. What's the process of that? Parallels. I don't know. You know we, we should we should go into this podcast. Hi. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. <laughs> welcome to the Nintendo Power. Uh, now you're playing the podcast. The podcast. <laughs> a podcast where we go through the Nintendo Power magazines. One issue at a time. We are currently on issue number 14. 16. No, well, if you, do you, are you counting the uh, strategy guides as, as issues? They do, so we should. Okay, oh, god damn it. All right, well. We're on issue 16. Well, that's going to. 14 was uh, the last one. This is like, okay, so we're at 16. This is so, is so confusing, but I have great news that we'll get to at the end of the next episode so, that will fix this. Well, I like, I feel like. In our, because uh, <laughs> we also did a Christmas episode that's not tied to a specific issue. So yeah, the episodes and issues are my only my only barrier here is uh, we name or I guess I, I name the episode names based off what issue we're on, right? And that's kind of like tracking what. So it's going to feel weird that it's going to go issue one episode's going to be called oh, issue twelve. So, so you've and got then the next issue is going to be called issue of fourteen because we're not we're not covering the strategy guides. So I'm just right. saying we might be throwing our, our, our viewers for a real loop here. Yeah, I think... It, it might look like mm, there's missing episodes. Yeah, we're going to have to put it into the copy of the... It'll be like issue 14 slash 15 or... Uh, I can't. We can't do this that. Be, are you sure? Do like every single issue put two numbers from now on? Well, only for these ones where we're doing the strategy oh, guide. Oh, oh. Uh, hey, listeners, is this is <laughs> Look, a peek behind the curtain. A peek behind the curtain here. This, this is, is why this is confusing. I do all like the post-production stuff on a recording, like the edit and stuff. And yeah. Brett does the uploading and the copywriting stuff. So he was, th- he was thinking of what this episode is, which this will be the 14th episode the now you're playing with podcast podcast. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. We'll we'll make it work. But you're you're right. Let's let's. It, it's going to be a lot simpler to stick with what they are officially saying here. So yeah. we're on issue sixteen. Yes, and but first, well, actually, okay. So <laughs> first, first, two things, three things. Okay, One, what do you got? My name's Weston. I'm a writer in LA. <laughs> two. Hey, I'm, I'm I'm Brett. I'm a writer in LA. <laughs> Uh, we were, we were writing boys. We're little writing boys. Uh, and then three. With three that were both writing boys? <laughs> okay, four things. <laughs> three, we're both writing boys. Four, um, this is issue 16 of Nintendo Power that we're going to cover in this podcast. But first, we should touch on just briefly that issue 15 was the Ninja Gaiden 2 strategy guide. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't look at it. What, what, was it cool? I'll just, um, oh, dude, can I airdrop this to you? Maybe I'll... I, I could look at it right now, I think. Uh, I don't know, but this... Uh, let me try... The amount, of diffi- the amount of difficulties we've had so far, I, I don't, I don't want to get too ambitious. Did I go into your laptop? Oh, accept. Are, are you hacking me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm being hacked by... <laughs> getting a Weston virus over here. I'm installing uh, a... Hmm, what should I install on this computer? 
<laughs> the first thing I was going to say was furry porn, but it feels furry. like I shouldn't install that on your computer. That seems mean. Yes. <laughs> seems like that would already be there. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see what we got here. So uh, this is, yeah, this is a special strategy guide for Ninja Gaiden. Hey, oh, this doesn't look bad. Yeah, that's what I... So ordinarily, I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on these because it really is just yeah, a Mario, bunch of maps from the game. Mario Bros. 3 one was a little soulless, but this one... Uh, this one's got, got some pizzazz to it. It's yeah, got they, a comic book in it. They, there's a comic book space. They basically take the cutscenes from Ninja Gaiden and turn them into a pretty fun comic book. That, that's awesome. Um, I would describe as... Uh, it covers the teenage boy all story where there's like an ancient evil and your guy has to team up with a dude and... There's a lady who's in peril and, you know, the teenage boy all story. Yeah. Um, Dragon Ball Z, also, you know, wrestling, teenage boy all story. Kind yeah, of, yeah. Kind of the same thing. Um, but yeah, the, Robert Sturgeon, uh, the, uh, the CIA sidekick guy, is pretty great. Um, also, there's a fold-out poster in the middle of this thing that on one side, it's a live-action model reference, Ninja Gaiden 2... Um, painting that's i think pretty great but more importantly on the other side there is like a mini documentary thing on ninja methods and history what so it's got like here's the grappling hooks ninja ninjas used Uh, (laughs) here's the here's how they knew how to navigate or what time of day it was by looking into a cat's eye Uh, do you think these are real facts some of them seem real it's like the the moss growing on the north side of trees thing is here so it's like that's a real well, ninjas, like, because there's samurai and uh, ninja, ninjas are more like spies, right? Yeah, they don't. Uh, so even at the beginning of the guide, they have a brief actual history of the ninja where it's like, oh, they used to live in villages and stuff. And they don't touch on the part where the samurai would get sick of them every couple hundred years and then go into the woods and kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty brutal. Pretty brutal world. Because uh, they get sick of the ninja doing ninja things. Um, yeah, it's it's just got... Would you rather be a ninja or a samurai? Oh, man. Probably... <laughs> Honestly, being a samurai sounds like a cushier life. Because like samurai um, got yeah. to, you know, it they seems pre- more luxurious. Like it, I feel like a ninja's cooler. But if I feel like samurai, like I feel like you're always sleeping in nice beds. Yeah, you're you're like a feudal lord. You yeah. you get a cash allowance from your your shogun or and whatever. you get cool armor. Yeah, and when you're not fighting and potentially dying in combat, you get to like paint and do haikus and stuff. That sounds great. Yeah, samurai. That's the right answer. Um, you do miss out on the part where it's like ninja get to climb trees and do assassin stuff. But the, th- I, I mean, think about how many, I don't it's know. Wor- how- it's a worse life. Yeah. Well think about, I, I don't know if you have any friends who are like army rangers or you know, any kind of like military, <laughs> uh, like combat focused military, <laughs> their bodies are ruined. Like they're, they're just wrecked. It, it sounds like a bet. You know, they, they have you jump out of planes until you land wrong and bust your knees and then you, you work at Best Buy. <laughs> do, 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 do you know some people like that? Yes. That was a specific person <laughs> I was thinking of. Yeah, I've got my uh, military origins was my dad was in the Air Force and my brother's in the Navy, I think, oh. I think uh, despite him. <laughs> Nothing would make an Air Force man angrier than, <laughs> yeah, than join the Navy. <laughs> that seems, I like water more. So my, my cousin is uh, ROTC for the Navy, uh, but like... I don't think her family has done any service. So I don't know. Like my dad's a Marine. Yeah. So if I was, if I had served, like, I think I would have done Navy or Air Force. Oh, really? As a spite? Uh, not as a spite <laughs> thing. I think more just, 
the opportunities to learn technical skills that would be valuable. Oh yeah. I, I, I think honestly, like, uh, I would hope if I like, there's not a, like, you know, I, I don't want to like, I don't, I wouldn't join the military by choice just cause <laughs> I, I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't, I have no intention to do that. Uh, but if I did, I'm trying to get the office job. I'm trying, yeah. I don't want to get in. I don't want to be, I don't want to have to sleep in bushes. No, that sounds bad. I want to like be the guy who's like, uh, like Steven was actually in the military uh, from uh, the, uh, my comedy group, the, ba- the, uh, right. one of us was in the military and he just like did bus routes. Yeah. <laughs> there, like, there's yeah, a lot of, it's a lot of logistics stuff. <laughs> I put me in the logistics role. You can pull a, a Milo minder binder as a catch 22 reference. Ooh, nice. I, I haven't read it. Uh, um, re- really great artwork in the Ninja Gaiden guide. Yeah. You know, you know what I have read? Not not the Ninja Gaiden guide, actually. Um, yeah, it did look cool. I I do, you know, I like I love top ten lists. I feel like there should be a top ten best game guides of all time. I feel like it's an un- unappreciated. Oh man, that's a great idea. Uh, uh, it's like there are ones where they go in above and beyond, and I feel like they should get a shout out. Surely, there at this point, there's got to be a YouTube channel that's done that, right? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Uh, let's let's see, because that feels like. It feels like it's not going to exist hmm. because it's so obscure. So somebody did do one. Ah, damn it. Of all time. Well, good for them. Hmm. Yeah, that's, there, there we go. It exists. Um, TGN. Give TGN a shout out. One of them, you know somebody's going to say the Ooh. Earthbound one is up there, right? Uh, that's, that's the only one I know. But the thing is, like, I'm not like a... A scholar of strategy guides. Like there could be ten better ones. I don't know. That's the only one I know that was cool. They that they were big business, especially in the two thousands, because you'd pre order the game and get the strategy guide. Um, do, 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 let's, what's the number one here? It's all like strategy games. Mm. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm on the top ten strategy games of all time. Oh, okay. Well. Too bad I took the slide whistle off your soundboard. Did you? You, ah, <laughs> oh, god damn it. I'm just kidding. I just renamed it. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. And made it 11 minutes into the recording before uh, I gave up the secret. <laughs> All right, we've been pretty off topic. We should probably dive into this issue, right? Yeah, let's do, uh, what's the... The cover... I hope you like little clay dioramas because they've done so many of these in I, a row. It's Maniac is, Mansion. I always like them. I it, always, I'm lo- always down for a little clay diorama. This thing looks great. You've got, you've got the little rant. You've got the the mansion itself, which is a uh, very Bates Motel esque. Now that I think about it, and it's got little tentacles coming out of windows, and you have the the plucky teen heroes. Yeah, it's great, and it's uh, it's also October. It's an October magazine, right? So oh. it's it's on it's on brand. It, it's got a little bit of a spooky, you know, a little spooky vibe to it. So it's. it's Put me in the act in the Halloween spirit. Yep. Is there a Halloween sound? Yeah. Don't. Nah, I'm not gonna. I'm Don't. Gonna, because you told because you were honest and told me that it would exist. Still, I'm gonna. Wait, there uh, is one. There's the, the there's the haunted house like or the castle Super Mario World thing. Oh. What? This isn't very Halloween. This is the opposite. This is the opposite of Halloween energy. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. That's 
Uh, yeah, this this looks fantastic. I I think whoever they have doing these has just gotten better. This totally. I I love little dioramas. Ah, but, it looks fantastic. Uh, yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Mailbox. Mailbox. Uh, I didn't see too much I wanted to cover in this, but I did have a question for you. Yeah, what's up? So this first letter here is from a Nintendo mom. Yeah. It says, you printed tons of letters from kids and a few from dads. How about equal time for us moms? And then she talks about how she's good at Tetris. There's only one mom she knows that's better at Tetris, and her kids are obedient because and, and do their chores because they want to play Nintendo. I believe that this was a letter that was sent in. Here's something that I don't think we've ever, we've ever talked about before. Because yeah. we, we do have a theory that is... Some of the letters, especially early on, are fake letters. This one sounded pretty fake. It sounds pretty fake, but here's a question. Is it fake or are they editing some of the letters they get? Oh, ooh, that's an interesting theory. Because it feels like maybe there was a mom letter and then they editorialized by messing with the letters that they get. Oh, wow. Yeah, because... Then there's like, cause they're getting sent. There's a little like piece in this where they show like the letters they're getting. They're, they're mm-hmm. like hand, like we're, we're, we're back in time here where you don't send people emails. You, they get sent like handwritten letters and then this is being like, uh, so they don't have like proof. You can't prove again. They're like, this is what there's no, like they can't get caught for, for changing these. Yeah, especially because they didn't show her letter. Uh, that's that <laughs> becomes a thing over time in Nintendo Power. I think now we're still in the early days of it, but like yeah. decorating what you send in so that they'll feature it in the magazine as like fan art was a big deal. Oh, so this is they they do have a few little thumbnails, and I think I, there is one other letter where they respond to the kid Jimmy Tiggy Ty. An Imperial Mo. Uh, you must have used every marker you had to write your letter. It's definitely an eye-opener. I think they do show a thumbnail of that one that is in many, many different colors of marker. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of like in a rainbow pattern. So it's just right aligned with this color, right aligned with this color, right aligned with this color. Um, but the mom letter, they don't print. So if they changed it, we would never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly a pretty good theory. I I, I could see, yeah, it's, I guess, I mean, end of the day, we know they're going to be scummy. So I guess the question is, how <laughs> how is how is it snow being scummy? What are they doing this time? <laughs> yeah, what is what is the pathway they're deciding to go? I, I don't have a ton to say. I think I've got a little more on the video spotlight. Uh, it's just fun. They It was just a big group of people who oh, uh, yeah. uh, were playing a f- some football game and they got like a big, big group and did a huge tournament on football and like actually played it as if it was this long football league with like a tournament. I don't know exactly how the NFL is structured, but they, they <laughs> you know, they, whatever, however, however that's structured, they structured it that way and like had people get eliminated in a playoffs and yeah, Super it's like, Bowl it's and like stuff. double elimination. Um, they're playing tech mobile, which is the one you would play. Yeah. That's like arguably the best football NES game. I feel like I'm my my job on the podcast is just to say Tech Mobile was the best football game, even <laughs> though I never played Tech Mobile. It honestly, I mean, those sports games can be fun, and so that, that I just kind of was jealous. I, I was jealous of this group. I, I I've got like one memory of throwing like a big tournament. I had like a projector screen set up, and we did a big Smash Bros tournament uh, oh, in high fun. school. Yeah, and we got I think sixteen people. I think that, that was a clean wow. number. So. Uh, and that was so much fun. It was rough because there was like one guy who knew how to wave dash. Oh. <laughs> there was like one guy who was clearly just yeah. way above everyone else. But 
for the other 15 people, it was like a real neck to neck. Just uh, make it like bother. a, it's like a one on 15. Everybody gangs up <laughs> on that guy. Yeah. It was back in the melee days. So it could have only been one V three. That reminds me. So in high school, I did, we did a couple of like impromptu land parties. Once I built, I built a computer when I was like 17, 18. Um, yeah. So I was able to go over to friends' houses and we play games, but like probably the thing that comes to mind the first uh, out of like large numbers of players playing, like not just one console is Halo on the original Xbox. Cause you could do a land party. You could connect the Xboxes to each other four Xboxes, yep. 16 player matches. And that was, we only ever did that once. Cause it's so hard to get it, that. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a big setup. Yeah. That I, um, I remember we had, uh, there's this family next to us in Texas. So I must've been pretty little, like middle school, or even earlier, I don't remember. Uh, but they did like a huge Halo one where they had like a ton of Xboxes and TVs and stuff. And I was so bad that they made me stop. They told me I couldn't play, <laughs> oh, and, no. and I and I and I cried. Oh man! <laughs> oh, that sucks. Oh, so mean. So mean. Were you ever good at Halo? I. I was okay at console Halo 1, and I played Halo 2 online a lot, but probably the best I ever was at Halo was when Halo PC came out Okay, in 2003, and I could headshot people out of the air while they were jumping. And like, I, I would regularly win multiplayer matches. Oh, you were like good, good. I was, I was actually pretty good at Halo PC. You were like one of those people that when I'll, I play Halo, like... Uh, nowadays with Halo Five, it's nice because the playing field's a little more even because a lot of people are playing it. But like yeah. last time I played Halo before that, like you, you, I would shoot one guy and then he would do like a loop de loop around me and like pull, like give me a wedgie and then slap me in the face and 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 like make me cry and then kill me. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, he just died. Like, I just got every time I play Halo, I'm like, this is like a shooter game. And I like had the one like I was be I like saw a person who wasn't paying attention and he somehow just completely dominated me and it did not feel good. Yep, that's and you what, were doing that. Uh, yep, that was me. <laughs> and and but you know karmically you know what goes around comes around because uh, I'm as we were discussing before we started recording I'm playing Destiny and right now in Destiny we're what four weeks out from the next expansion so the only people playing Destiny multiplayer right now are the sweats and they are monsters. Yeah, and it is. It is not fun. <laughs> yeah, no, really. Like to play someone like so out of your league, especially if it is a game where like if you're against someone that tough, they're going to just they're going to destroy you. Some fucking guy that's like <laughs> level 1030. It's like how did Oh my god. Yeah, it's it, it it's a it's sick. Okay. Uh let's see what we got here. It's uh, Final Fantasy again. I get this feels like for the rest of the magazine, we're going to have a Final Fantasy section. It's in the same Final Fantasy section three times. Yeah, because it's the, uh, if you remember when they did the first one, it's that contest. So this is like the third, hopefully final. So yeah, I think the first time, right, they prefaced the contest. They're saying, hey, here's what's going to happen. And then the next two were actually doing the contest, right? Yeah, so this one is for the grand prize where they actually send you to a castle and have you do like a LARP like, like a live action role playing experience. That sounds awesome. It sounds great. It sounds they like they actually have pictures of it too. Like it's like an island where they they found a little castle area that they took. I'm sure uh, the island found- does look like an illustration here. I think it was a real place where they went. Yeah, but um, 
Yeah, I guess it's a tropical island with a castle on it. I don't know. I, well, they actually, it seems like they have a real picture here. Um, but it seems like yeah. they, um, it looks like they found the one angle that kind of looks like a castle. <laughs> like, I'm not sure. The other side is just, sure a, it's, it's just a pool. It's a resort. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that might be like the, the, the side of a motel. <laughs> One side of the motel, Richard Garriott made it. Uh, he, he loves castles. Uh, yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, we talked about this the last two issues now, but the prizes for this have been neat. I think this one, the runner-up gets, uh, 50 of them get crystal balls, which, hell yeah. Yeah, honestly. There's like wizard staffs and like suits of armor. I mean, this is what kids want. Like, if I was a honestly. I like, want an adult suit of armor if I'm a little kid. <laughs> to God, that'd be so sick. All I wanted as a kid was to pretend I was like a fantasy character. Yeah, this is, uh, I feel like it's easier to do now because it's much more, the satanic panic has turned its eyes elsewhere so kids can like <laughs> play Dungeons and Dragons and like dress up yeah, as Maybe, I mean, I'm sure there's still some like, I had a, like a friend whose parents were like pretty Christian and they were like a very, very uh, amazingly nice parents and family. Uh, They're very nice people, but they had it like, he wasn't allowed to watch Harry Potter. Right. And I was like, well, what? I mean, uh, like. Actually, that was a story I heard from my sister was that uh, one, my grandma did not approve when she and I were reading the Harry Potter books when we were in high school. Yeah. Well, it's like. So, and my mom was kind of like, not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. It's. It's, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I probably have some blind spots like that where I'm like, I, it, it, there's this weird thing that makes no fucking sense that I do. I'm, like, yeah, I, it's I like you're, I'm, you're really against the blockchain. I think you need to relax. <laughs> like, crypto's I'm, the future. <laughs> I'm assuming I'm not above this, but it is weird when you see something like that and you're like, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. What are you doing? Yeah, like, this, why would you? This is just a, this is just a book. The blockchain really is amazing, though. Yeah. <laughs> It's just watching. Are you, are you pro NFTs? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, NFTs the blockchain a, is different than, than NFTs. Blockchain so. as a technological thing is useful. NFTs are a grift. Yeah, block blockchain is actually the future, right? Uh, yeah, I think in a lot of ways. I was just watching a video today about um, what is it like? No knowledge uh, confirmation or something like that, where you're able to prove that you know something without revealing any part of it. So you know how like. And they didn't use this example in the video, even though this would immediately make sense to millions of people. But so one ID check is to give the last four digits of your social security number as an American, yes. right? Um, basically, there is a way to confirm that you're you without even giving those last four digits. Wow. And that's what this technology is. And it doesn't make any sense to me, like how you implement it in a way that's trustworthy. They try to explain it. But yeah, well, that's, that's all I know about the blockchain is that it sounds like it's this really powerful thing that nobody understands. Yeah. The, the, um, if it keeps me from having to use authenticator codes over and over, that'd and be great. Over. Cause I'm going to be honest. I don't fully know my social security number. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I put that sucker in something, I'm like, I could be wrong here. That might be my phone number. What if math could just remember that you're you for you? So you don't have to. <laughs> Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, here's the feature on Maniac Mansion. Here we go. It's a, uh, it's. I mean, this is like another one of those PC games that's like probably better on the old PC. Yes, yeah, is old. With- it's an old scum game. It, this this feature absolutely. I just read enough of it to be like, 
I want to go play this emulated, like on a PC with a mouse. Yeah, no, I mean, the game looks super cool. Like, because, uh, I mean, even pitched it, like, it's, it is like one of those, like, Monkey Island, Grim Fandango, uh, kind of, uh, one of my favorite genres is uh, like the predecessor of all the Lucas arts, uh, adventure games. Yeah. Adventure games. And, uh, which is weird. I, I love these games, but I hate the puzzles. I hate, the, <laughs> I hate, the, I hate the core mechanic of the game, but they're always so charming. Yeah. Maybe there's, there's definitely ones where the longest journey, like two weeks ago we recorded last, I couldn't remember the name of a modern adventure game like that. And that, I was like, it's not Siberia. And I couldn't remember what it was. I was thinking of the longest journey. Anyways. Was it, uh, is it, is a modern one a little bit better with less obscure puzzles or does it still No, feel- that one was still, it's like mist level was, of obnoxious. That's part of the charm, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, like the witnesses, but that's not really like a choose your own. There's no story there. It's going to um, be fun to go back and listen to this when I'm editing it. And we're just having another conversation. And then I'm like the longest journey. <laughs> and then I have to explain that it was like, no, we were having a conversation weeks ago and I couldn't remember the name. <laughs> it's probably in the I, podcast. I, I, yeah. I think I'm following it. All um, right. Anyways. Yeah. Th- these games are cool. Um, like, I just did in these games frequently you will remember that you have a plant or something in your inventory and that's what you need to use on the telescope to yeah. open the, uh, uh, the the back of the fuse box so that yeah. you can get the ring to give that to the gerbil. I, I, well, honestly, so the gerbil can get married. I started, if I play these games, I've committed to just, if I'm stuck for more than five minutes to go to a guide and that makes them so much better. Because I ra- and rarely do you like look at the guide and think, oh man, I, I should have thought of that. You, you normally go there, you're like, oh, I didn't pick up that random thing in that random corner that one time and combine it with this other item I have and use it on this character. Right. Yeah. It's- um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fuck adventure games. Yeah, fuck these games. I can't <laughs> wait to play them. Howard and. All right. Spe- speaking of anger, uh, goddamn Howard and Esther back at it again. You uh, know what? Getting Nest- honestly pretty racy. This this, this, this one's one. uh, this one's kind of intense. <laughs> it's because they're doing a, a Gogo thirteen episode, which is what I I personally always wanted. I say it over and over. I want that Gogo thirteen Howard and Nestor. And yeah, we're, we're getting it right it's now. Got, I mean, the actual like uh, art style and stuff has some style to it. I, I I do think like right off the bat, I have a how how do you like. Um, murder mystery on a train, A plus, one, one of my favorites. Ah, uh, yeah, same here, man. It's. Just- I was so excited they're doing another Hercule Poirot movie directed by Kenneth Branagh. I don't. I don't know. I so don't know he, what you just said. Uh, it might have just proved that I'm a Hercule Poirot's uh, Agatha Christie murder solving character. He's the main guy in Murder on the Orient Express. Which, yeah, that that's a movie where I'm like, I, I want to. I haven't watched it. But I know I want to. If you're down with train mysteries. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's literally, it's just like. It's that's just like, like the train mystery. It's like, hey, guys, remember train mysteries are awesome? Yeah. Most of my train, like, I love these mystery stuff. And like, because uh, it's also like, in general, like, what would you call it? Like, uh, it's like a mystery. It's like a murder mystery where you're all in an in enclosed space. So it doesn't always need to be a train. Like, I feel like I've. I've, I've watch a lot of stories where it's like oh you know it's a murder mystery but we're all stuck in a mansion together you yeah, know what is but that something about a, a train's cooler yeah the the orient in the orient express specifically like a transcontinental train ride yeah man it's so charming i i think honestly a lot of my there's a paper mario uh, arc in a thousand year door 
Um, Thousand Year Door is awesome. Have you ever played Thousand? No. Oh my god, the second because every it's like an RPG where every single arc of it because you know it's like a RPG where it's like Final Fantasy. You got to get the eight crystals, but every crystal you get is like a very very. It's like a genre bending. Just every single one's like a really wild thing, and one of them is a murder mystery out of train, and that's the whole oh, thing. Man, I had no idea. That sounds incredible. Oh yeah, dude. Paper the second Paper Mario, the GameCube one. It's one of my favorite games. That sounds so good. Um, oh, so, okay. So, yeah, so we, this, yeah, we actually have to talk about this. We should talk about the comic. comic. So Nestor is um, doing the Mafat conspiracy, which Mafat, uh, which is the second Gogo thirteen NES game, and he has to get on a train. Uh, he has a mustache, so it looks like he's in his thirties now. So maybe we've jumped forward in time. Uh, so he gets on the train, and he he's trying to find a guy named Armad Khan. And who has vital information concerning the kidnapping of satellite scientist Dr. Barrows. Nestor is trying to find this guy, and uh, he's trying to use code words. Like, he walks up to some strange dude and says the camel sleeps at noon, but not in Cleveland. And that didn't work. And then he just beats the shit out of the guy. Nestor beats the crap out of the... Yeah, Nestor beats up this... It's the same guy. I didn't realize this when I was reading it. And he says, confess, Khan, where is Buffat keeping Dr. Barrows? And then everyone else on the train is like, what are you doing? And uh, so everybody... Um, uh, what what would you describe what's happening now with like COVID assholes on planes who refuse to wear masks and everyone duct, <laughs> duct tapes them to the plane? I, yeah, I, I call them Nestors. Yeah, so they, they Nestor Nestor and... Um, <laughs> They're like quizzing him, like, hey, are you a spy or whatever? And then uh, who shows up but a silhouette with a bow tie? It's Howard. Yep. You guessed it. So, yeah, they, so I guess they're working together. They're like a spy team. Yeah, this, is, this seems like, this is like one of the first times they seem like, it's not like a Howard versus Nestor. It's, it's a Howard and Nestor. Yeah, that's, that's a great way of putting it. Um, they're partners trying to solve this mystery. And Howard is also, I would argue, less abusive um, in this comic. And honestly, I think Nestor could use a little bit of abuse this comic. He's pretty shitty. He's, he's, he's in a, he's a, I mean, he, he makes fun of the guy's turban in like a pretty, like, unsensitive. <laughs> yep. Uh, he also, like, he does violence against so many guys. Yeah. Bandage brain. That's a mean he, thing to say to a guy. He called the guy a with a turban. <laughs> that's a mean thing to say to a sheik, man. <laughs> and he just beats the crap out of a random guy. Although, and Howard it, suddenly is like, suddenly like, oh, yeah, we're good now. They, I, I feel like Howard should just make him eat dirt or something. I don't, I don't, like, Nestor deserves it this time around. Yeah. The lack of a be- I mean, in his defense, I don't think Armin Khan is a sheik because don't sheiks, aren't they pacifists? And this guy's like evil or something. So, oh, yeah. So, I, may- thought, I really don't know. But it's still not cool to make fun of turbans. <laughs> the sheiks are cool. Especially at right, right after you're hot from beating the crap out of some random dude. Yeah, he's, just, so, he's coming in way too hot. Yeah, he's definitely like, I think Nestor is in it. He's just firing on all cylinders and he's just unrestrained. And like he's, he's a blunt instrument. <laughs> like he fights the guy by kicking him on top of the train. That's how he beats Armand Khan. He is introduced as, Nestor is introduced as the first man to skateboard up Mount Everest and the last man to leave parties. Yeah. So he's got a pretty cool intro, if I'm being honest. How? He skate, come on, Being the last up. person to leave a party is cool? I mean, in LA, we wouldn't consider that cool, right? I would consider, like, that sounds like, I, I to be honest, me, Chase, and Chad are the last people to leave. Okay, are, fair enough. We are the drug three <laughs> people to, like, stay way over our welcome. We should go home. <laughs> Yeah. And what's well, so uh, probably not cool then, but uh, come on, skateboarding Mount Everest. Um, yeah, th- that That's is th- freaking tight, man. Seems like a flex. Do like, uh, yeah, that is, that is also trying too hard though. 
Yeah, that's uh, also yeah. in LA wouldn't fly because yeah. it's he's trying so hard. Well, skateboarding is big in LA, right? Yeah, just not skateboarding, not one wheeling. Yeah, that's the. So yeah, he takes the guy out, and the guy's like Nestor's like telling him all the nicknames he's known by. Um, Fried Miss Tibblewhite, Harvey, Fred, comma, Miss Tibblewhite. And he's like, is there any way to shut him up? And Howard's like, I wish I knew how in so many words. That's not the joke. It's slightly different. And that's yeah. the comic. And um, yeah, I'm really thrown going from the comics that we've had previously, yeah, which it's, are. It's, it's a completely different tone. Yeah, I don't. Uh, oh, I did write down here. Uh, one of his early nicknames is Scooter, which I think is great. <laughs> I'm a big fan. <laughs> You know, there's some potential in Nestor. They call him Nestor 13, and I'm assuming that's a Golgo 13 reference. That's the same number. I know we've talked about there being multiple clones of Nestor. So I wonder if this is like, I I also like, I'm like, is it Golgo 13 or is this like the 13th Nestor? Yeah. Is is he he like, you know, like if you have a bunch of clones and they're named like number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It kind of feels like that. So it feels like he's like. You know, it's like it's like you know. Honestly, like we we we've talked many. There are many Nestors out there roaming the streets, and this maybe by Nestor thirteen, him and Howard are good. Howard's What's Howard's this? Howard's gotten all this aggression out on on the Nestors. Isn't that AMC? Isn't that AMC show called A Complication of Witches? I don't know. She called it, it was a complication of Nestors. <laughs> That's when you have thirteen of them. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, if you leave Nestor's like um, food on your windowsill, they'll bring you like buttons and paper clips and yeah, stuff. I, 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 don't, I think Nestor would bring you like a uh, like a, a rotted chicken or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, th- this is it. It really feels like this is a reboot, or we are seeing something in the future because it just does not. Well, I mean, to be honest, the only one who's not on brand is Howard. Like Nestor is completely on brand. Nestor is like just being a total fucker this whole time. The only thing is that he succeeds though. Like he beats up the oh, guy. Yeah. I guess Howard helps him, but he takes Nestor takes his tips. This is almost like Yeah, it's weird, man. It's like a weird amount of uh, synergy and like balance. I would like a kind of a yin yang style balance to this story. Yeah, this this whole comic felt like a virus. Like it just didn't feel like genuine. It felt like I'm like, what's I, what's going on? Like why Everything's not. Yeah, it, you're right. It's like it, it. It feels maybe it's just a reboot. Everything like the rules. They're not playing by their own rules here. Yeah, it feels like. I just don't get the seeping darkness underneath that we've gotten through some of the other comics, like the the Munchausen syndrome one, the the one yeah. we did with KP on the podcast, like where it was very obvious that like Howard was poisoning Nestor. You know, to abuse him. Well, I mean, this is not, I just don't, I just don't get that here. I just, it just feels like something else. Maybe it is like in a, in its own way, a darker comic, because like, think of a world where Howard and Nestor are actually winning and getting the things they want. Isn't isn't that like the scariest thing you can think of? Uh, It's definitely in the top five (laughs) of scary things I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. Like think about the world where like howard is president and nestor's vice president is the vp oh man God. like we'd, we'd be doomed yeah and that's maybe where we're heading here like uh i don't know do you think nestor is older in this i mean how, how much time do you think because he has the mustache but it is a fake mustache the fake mustache so but he also you know, like pretty mustache he beats the fuck out of these people like i i yeah. can't well, i, I mean, cannot overstate how violent 
well, Nestor like, is. In I, this. I don't know, man. I, I think the more like I think about it, Nestor thirteen. He's got this. I, I really do think it's confirmed at this point, at least in my brain, that Nestor is like a lab kid. Like he he's for sure like kind of a Captain America, like built in a lab kind of scenario. Uh, hmm. And so, like I don't know, like you know, Nestor could just you know turn into flames and fly around, and I wouldn't question it because you know he's he's not a human. I, I don't think Nestor's human. I <laughs> so not a human. He's you a, know who Nestor in this one makes me think of is you know how Batman has multiple Robins. Yeah. So Batman had you know uh, Dick Grayson, the gymnast. Yeah. Uh, part of the Flying Graysons, and then you know they had that Robin, and then eventually Batman like gets a Robin who's just a little, uh, a little sociopath that was trained to murder his whole life. Um, and that is it's not Jason Todd; it's the next one, um, Damian Wayne, huh? From like the newer Batman comics. This is kind of cool, actually. Is that, is, is that are those? That sounds more interesting, at least. Hey, here's here's a this one's for the listeners too. If you want to read like an actually cool Batman comic from the last, what, 10, 12 years. Uh, read Court of Owls and Night of the Owls. Oh, is that the one? Yeah, I read that one. Yeah, that one's That's cool the only shit. One I've read. That's the only comic I've ever read, actually. Yeah, that, that was a really cool... That, that was the first time they've introduced a Batman villain since, like, the older stuff, like the 90s cartoon, basically, that I was like, oh, this is, this is a cool bad guy. Yeah, honestly... But yeah, Damien's in that one. My honest to God pitch at some point is like, we should honestly, I would be down for an issue where we just read a good comic and talk about it and skip Howard. And like, I just need a palate cleanser. Of Last like time a good we com- did, we did Garfield. Garfield's, Was that not good enough? No, for Garfield's <laughs> not good enough for me. I want to read a good, I hate comic. I, 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 I'm starting to hate comic books. I need a palate cleanser. I need to read a good one. Let's read, um, Sandman. I don't know. Oh, hell that, yeah. Is that good? Sandman, Sandman's yeah, good, right? no, and I'm, I've only read probably like 10 issues of Sandman. So. All right, let's read Sandman. Fuck yeah. No, let's, let's do it. Sandman co- All right, podcast. great. So from now on, when we hate the Howard and Nestor we're going to do, we're just going to do an issue of Sandman? Yeah, let's just text each other. Just te- One of us out of the blue will just need to text Sandman, and we'll know what to do. <laughs> All right, deal. <laughs> so next up, we got, we got our top 30. Mario Bros. 3 dominating. Move on. <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't want to. Every issue, uh, every episode, we've done the top five. Do you not want to do yeah, it? Yeah, no, it's the top five. Okay. At uh, <laughs> number five, we got Super Mario Bros. 2. Uh, number four, Ninja Gaiden 2. Number three, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is this the same one that we've been. Is this a new one? Is this like the arcade port or no? Is it this, is they're the about same? to. I think they start talking about it in this issue. Okay. Anyway. So this is the same like impossible water level one. Yep. The dam level. Yep. Do, right. do, 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 <laughs> I don't know. I do, don't do, have any memory that, of that. Is that how the song is? Something like that. Number two, Final Fantasy. Doing pretty good. Uh, 6,000 points. That's not bad. Number one, Jay, I absolutely crushed the competition. And I probably rightfully 25, is Super Mario points, Bros. Yeah. 3. <laughs> good lord. Um, yeah, the, old, the Super Mario Bros. 3. Killing it. It's like undisputed. Like the players and the dealers are just all about it. The pros are being little hipsters about it. The, I feel like yeah, the pros... They, the pros aren't. Well, the all- pros want Final Fantasy. Yeah, like but they're, they're playing the hardcore game. Sure, I just feel like they're always re- they're always rejecting. They're gonna always reject what the most popular game is because they want to be hipsters about was, it. Was Battle of Olympus an actually good game? Because that's three on the list for the pros. Hon- I mean, honestly, it probably is, hmm. or at least it's like for its time. Weird. Yeah. 
more features. Uh, we got some kind of we got roller games. It's a rollerblade <laughs> brawler that actually has pretty high power player score here. I, I like the vibe of it. If I'm being honest, like it, it's a little like um, what's that James Con movie? Rollerball death death roller to uh, I don't know the skating death combat. I know Mad someone Max recommended game. me that at some point, but yeah. I, I've not seen it. James Con in Death Roller Seven Million. Like honestly, I mean that's is the like trying to make like rollerblading badass is always so funny to me. <laughs> it's uh, it looks like the boss of one of the levels is an elderly woman. <laughs> Whoa! Look at that. She she runs a gang called Bad Attitude, which honestly it yeah, sounds awesome. Yeah, that is like <laughs> we should try this game. This game does look cool. Yeah, I, I I mean the only thing is like I would hope that they aren't like obviously being a badass like rollerblader like yeah that's obviously going to be goofy. I, I'd rather them not be too goofy. Like I, I'd rather just try to like live in that. Be, <laughs> like, right. Like live in that being badass. Uh, uh, all right. And then we got NES play action football, the four player football game. Four extravaganza. The only thing I want to point out here is the, the announcer guy, it, the illustrations oh, of him. Christ. He is just spewing saliva onto a microphone that is anthropomorphic and looks really disgusted by all the spit that the, the man is spitting on him. And I mean, he looks fucking, he looks spooky. He it, looks like, um, like what's that game? We happy few. Do you know what that is? <laughs> yeah. He looks, he looks like, like one of the, we happy few masks. He, yeah, he really does. His face looks like a, we happy few mask, or I guess like maybe similarly like a Bioshock, like crazy person. Uh, classified cla- info, classified information. <laughs> um, yeah, I the only th- I had one that I thought was cool. I didn't know there was like a cool um, like a Tetris glitch you could. Exploit. Neither did I. I thought that was cool too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like apparently in the like when you start up Tetris, like it's playing Tetris in the background, right? Like yeah, you, it's got like the attract <laughs> mode, like the demo. Yeah, so it's like that demo is playing, and apparently if you start the game like right when a Tetris happens, a Tetris being when you line four. Gro- lines up and mm-hmm. you get a Tetris. If you start the game right when that happens, it counts that as a Tetris for your next game. That's and you get, crazy. you just get the points for it. Which means that for the demos, I guess this makes sense because back then they didn't have a video that they could play during attract mode. So this is like actual, the game engine running a game yeah. of Tetris. So that would make sense that it's like processing the Tetris and then you interrupt that. So when the game engine fires up again for your game, you just get the Tetris. Yeah. 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 I think it's really neat. That's super neat. Um, on that note, I did not know the very last item here is that final fantasy, the original has a mini game in it. It looks like a matching game or something like that. Oh, That's a, you know, like if you've ever played a, a, a mainline final fantasy game, almost all of them have some kind of game within a game. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Or any big RPG in general, like that's just common. Yeah. So, you know, like the collectible card game in final fantasy, was it eight? Or am I thinking of the Witcher? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Glitzball. Uh, not final Gw- fantasy eight Gwent. <laughs> yeah. Final, final fantasy eight and, uh, also had a game yeah, that was not was, Gwent. <laughs> I promise. Yeah, um, I know. I never played eight, but I know nine had a big card game in it. Yeah, and ten's got Blitzball, of course. Blitzball, and everyone's favorite Blitzball. Fifteen had a bunch of bulls, like random <laughs> bullshit in it. But I never it was, played it. Yeah, fifteen's not bad. Uh, six had what did six have? The opera sequence. No, yeah. <laughs> you, you fight. You fight a train. Uh, seven had Chocobo ra- racing. That's right. Uh, there was also. And I think some other ones. 
Yeah, there's a couple. There's like a bunch of stuff in the CD, like the PlayStation era stuff. Yeah, it seemed like. Uh, so yeah, I, I I wouldn't have guessed that the first Final Fantasy would have something like that, which is cool. That I always love mini games and and I always love gaming games. Yeah, and this one is a it's a hidden thing. You got to enter a code. Oh, it's it. Press and hold the A button. Press the B button fifty five times. Huh, man, they really should have just made that a part of the game. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Snake, rattle, and roll. Uh, I remember this game fondly. I always like the stuff. So this is like an NES game, but it's kind of 3D. It's, it's got isometric uh, it's, stuff, and the main, yeah. main character is made of uh, balls, right? Like Yeah, I played this. This is a Rareware game as well, or Rare, uh, whatever. I played this on the, the Rare collection on the Xbox. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, I, I think relatively fun. It's not a blast, but it, it, does, <laughs> it does the job. I mean, that's tough. Like any old game that's not like an absolute classic is kind of hard to, like I have a hard time just having like strong opinions on these games because it's like, eh, it's not like I don't have nostalgia and these are these are before we really perfected games. I think what's really striking going through these old magazines is just how many rare games. I just didn't realize. Yeah, I mean, this is way back to- This is like a ton of rare games. I, well, in just general, it's weird because I just, they're pounding out games so quickly. Like I, I just remember thinking like whenever there's an old game, I always assumed there was like six of them. Mm-hmm. And there are, for a lot of them, there are. There's like six Mega Man games. There's like, you know, three Mario games in one system, which is would never be heard of nowadays. Yeah. Or at least three like mainline Mario games. Well, they did. Yeah, fair enough. Like in one series. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's always one uh, nowadays. Yep. Um, well, we had Mario Galaxy 1 and 2, and then you had new Super Mario Brothers. But those are, di- all right, whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah I get, honestly, yeah, it's so obscure at this point. And Mario Galaxy 2 felt like a right at the last minute, like, ooh, 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 here's one more. I, I mean, honestly, I, I wish they did that more. I love, like, I feel like Mario Galaxy 2 is awesome. Like, I feel like if they, like, build an awesome game, like, what? I, that is the thing that I admit, like, Mech, I love these Mega Man games. They just built a good system, and they're like, guys, we can just keep doing this. Like, we built a really good foundation that's, like, yeah. we can have a lot of fun in. Like, let's keep making these. I wish more games did it. Like, I, I love that they're doing that with Breath of the Wild and with Mario Galaxy. It's like, you guys built such a cool idea. I wish there were six galaxies, man. They're, it's such a fun... I guess, like, I'd rather that resource go towards innovation, but, like, why not? Yeah, Why not keep doing it? It's, just, it's a fun engine. I really want to see another Metroid game like Dread. Totally, yeah. Like, using that same engine. Just give me another one. Uh, I keep tweaking stuff to make it, you know, make the bosses less obnoxious yeah get rid of uh emmys <laughs> yeah give me a metroid game where i do not have uh you know 30 to 40 videos of an emmy murdering samus on my nintendo memory card <laughs> or uh fall in new vegas great yeah. like that, that 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 is great that that exists i do not I, I i wish there was more versions of that it could be argued that we would have been better off if there was no Fallout 3 and we just got Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> but you could no, only... Come on, we gotta, uh, you, you don't want to lose 3, dog. I don't know, man. I haven't played I 3 in a while. I don't think it's aged as well as we remember. I loved it when it came out. Fallout 3 was like one of my favorite games. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I played it again and, and maybe bounced off it a little bit. Yeah, that was... Uh, I, I, I don't want to get into that. There's people complaining. Like Some, some games have not aged well in, in people's eyes and they have good reasons for... Being critical of them, and Fallout Three is one of those. Fallout Three and Four. Is it what? What is? Although I liked Four as well. I don't. Well, what is? What is? What is like? Is it just like you don't like the gun mechanics stuff? Um, I think I don't mind the gun. I, I thought the gun. Because New, New Vegas would be fine. the same thing. Yeah. No. I, I think it was. It had to do with the design and the writing in the games. You uh, don't think the writing's great? Well, I 
I mean, I have a fundamental problem with the world building in the Fallout franchise that ever since Fallout 2 has been a thing in my craw. But I, the, the. Oh, you're just, you're just like Obsidian style more, or, or, or the original. That, that you, may be it. You like I, the grittier take on it? I feel like I'm kind of championing a thing I don't fully understand, which yeah. is the people that are critical of like three. The main thing that rubs me the wrong way about it is the megaton thing where you can just blow up the town. But there's like no consequences for it. Oh, okay. You can yeah. set out set off the nuke at the center of town, but it, it's like, but this is like a common. Sorry, debate. is this are you, is this more uh, like questioning the ethics of the game, or is this or is, are you are you, are, you, are you calling this like fundamental flaws with like do do you no longer buy the world if you can do something that awful and not get consequence? Um, because uh, your dad gets mad at you. <laughs> He does. He gets mad at you. Uh, I mean, that was also a, a classic critique. That era of games, I, I think what it is, is we're just for, far enough removed from it that a lot of the criticisms you can actually take seriously. I mean, th- yeah. the games of that era that are like universally praised that I'm more critical of are definitely the Bioshock games. Oh, really? Yeah. Because wow. I think that same thing that you're talking about is a huge issue in Bioshock where it's like, if you don't kill the... Um, the little sisters to get more uh, level up juice or whatever. So yeah, this was when this was way back when like morality and like uh, when like being evil or being good was like a really big selling point at video games, especially these like really big ones. Right. And so it's it's commonly like people. Yeah. Kind so of, the choice was like, are you going to disintegrate these little girls so you can level up faster, or are you going to let them live? Yes, and it's like they kind of give you these like bad guy. Well, but although I would actually argue that to me, that Bioshock one's a little bit more interesting because, uh, being evil is for me usually means you're being like, you should gain, you should be more powerful if you're being like the reason people are evil in real life or like, or you're going to be selfish is because you can gain something out of it. Uh, and it seems like I do kind of like that basic fundamental where if I do go the evil path short term, it's going to be better for me. But then if I go the good path, uh, long term, it's gonna be better for me, and I like that because I actually do think that reflects real life. I think people who are kind of evil and shitty and grifty get really good short term benefits, but bad long term benefits. And I think people who are really solid and good get good long term benefits and bad short term benefits. Oh, that's interesting. Could you have a game where it's like if you sell out enough people, but you become a trillionaire at the end, it's okay? <laughs> yeah, I don't you know. Just buy a spaceship and leave the game world. <laughs> yeah, but so, but I, I do agree that like. I, like as we push forward in gaming writing and stuff, ideally we start taking more realistic looks at it and, and like, you know, like start dealing with like more consequence than that. But I honestly, by the basic structure of it, I do like. Yeah. I should probably go back and check out Bioshock again because my takeaway of the first one and especially infinite is that Bioshock is a game. There, there's a lot of window dressing that feels very like, Ooh, you're going to go there. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it, they kind of devolve into it, it's a robro stuff where it's kind of it goes up its own butt and it stops meaning anything. And okay. it, at the end of it, it's just a video game. Um, that's hard to. Ver- I kind of didn't want to. I feel like I've I've derailed the conversation. I, I, it's fine. I feel but, like, I, but it's totally yeah. Like it, it's just a. Um, like all the Randy and like the Ann Rand stuff. In this Bioshock. is so funny that this conversation was sparked by snake rattle and roll. <laughs> Sorry, go, go, go on. No, no, no. It's uh, we can re- revisit this later. But like, um, yeah, I, I just uh, I, I've brought 
Ayn Rand and objectivism into the conversation <laughs> because of a, a game where you play a snake in an isometric world. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to enunciate. So it sounds almost like you are going more into like the moral a- aspect of it. The, yeah, there's an attempt at the, the game is making an attempt to say something and I'm not sure that it does. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. But so it looks not- like it's saying stuff because it's throwing in just like Bioshock Infinite has like, here's some like yeah. uh, American nationalism and some racism oh, and yes, some yeah, like yeah. founding father God but, worship stuff. Very, yeah, I agree. I think if you are judging it on terms of what it's saying, it probably does fail. Like it probably, I mean, it isn't giving you a very like thoughtful uh uh, deconstruction or anything of that. Uh, it's really just a good game. Like I think yeah. I, I feel like I rarely play games looking for some sort of deeper meaning or message. If I get it great, but if I don't, Bioshock's still a fucking sick game. It just yeah. doesn't really like say much story wise. I, and, and I agree with that. I think there is a, you know, um, there's a thing that it does well. That's just not as profound as perhaps the game was trying to telegraph that it was going to do, which it does have that really fun gotcha, in the game writing, but that's like less of a social, um, like a conversation about culture or yeah. economics or something. And more just about like about video games. So yeah, I guess it, yeah, it totally. So and, yeah. and I'm referring to the, the gotcha yep. at the middle of the game, the, the man chooses thing where it's just yeah, like, we, maybe we shouldn't spoil. Would, would you kindly, um, yeah. all, all that stuff. If you play Bioshock, yeah, you know, if you, you haven't, you know, yeah, no, it's the ever, you know, I know what you're talking it's about. It's a ever. great, it's a it's great, great twist. Yeah. Uh, Totally, yeah. So it, it kicks ass in that aspect, but yeah, it is like I mean, do are there examples of games that really? And honestly, it might actually be the New Vegas kind of like like what's the company right now? Like the Outer Wilds or Outer Worlds? Like that? Oh, right. That, that seems like a more pointed message, uh, and I think it benefits from that. But uh, I guess I don't necessarily. Yeah, Outer Worlds is definitely like anti corporate, totally, like, yeah, satire, uh, and it's. Uh, it does it that really makes it's a really powerful it, it, it benefits the game uh but again it's still not like i'm trying to say like what do you, do you think you could have an example of a game that's like it actually really affected you like it it gave you a very it felt like a real thoughtful art piece that you experienced um West, West of Loathing. <laughs> hey, that's I, a great game. By the way, I love West of Loathing. I'm, I'm about to do the, the cactus build uh, joke. <laughs> no, no, no. If we're talking about something that seriously affected me, I am actually impressed that Destiny 2 has managed to tell a good story. Oh, wow. It took them seven years to get there, but... Um, the, there is a running theme over the last year in Destiny of redemption, and it's been really interesting. It, redemption and forgiveness and like whether or not you are your past actions is yeah. kind of how I would summarize it. Because like what's been happening is there was a very revenge, revenge arc yeah. in uh, Destiny where a character killed a beloved uh, Nathan Fillion-voiced character a few years back. <laughs> And then you, no. yeah, and then you go after that character and kill all of his lieutenants and then take him out in the final cutscene. And then, if you don't know this about Destiny, but all of the main characters are these resurrected space zombies that are brought back to life and they have no memory of their past lives. And they give mm-hmm. you powers and you're like, you have to protect humanity or, I don't know, do whatever. I can already tell the Destiny lore is such a... Destiny so lore is... learned a lot of stuff going it's, on it's here. It's so ridiculous. Uh 
any any out of context comment about the Destiny lore sounds insane. I'm trying my best to like keep it as human humanistic as possible. <laughs> I can already tell how deep this thing goes. So like yeah, so you kill a guy. Well, not long after that, a ghost like the little floaty computer balls goes and resurrects him as a guardian. Yeah. So now you have this person that every other guardian knows killed your your boy. Like they killed like your your best bud. Yeah. So for the lo- for this long period of time so they've done this story arc where it's he's getting killed over and over by other guardians yeah. who don't know he's immortal now and he doesn't know why so he's just constantly abused and then he starts to um like people start to bring him into the fold and there's it, it's compelling like it, it's a really interesting like will people accept him yeah you know is he this person from the past that he doesn't even remember or can he be something better? And it's like, that's that's an interesting idea. And they've done that with other story arcs with some of the alien races that are normally just enemies. Yeah, You've had opportunities to get to know them. And there'll be crazy stuff where it's like, yeah, here's how we view you immortals space zombies who just come through and kill everybody every once in a while. You know, it was actually... So yeah, I think really what you're trying to say is like... Uh, um, kind of giving you multiple angles and a more thoughtful look at a decision that they make, right? Is, yeah, that, is that what you're looking for? They're adding so so thematically what's cool what's cool from a story standpoint that I responded to there is they actually found a core gameplay mechanic which at at its core the resurrecting thing is because you come back to life when you die in the game so you can try the level again. Yeah. That's it. But they found a cool story thing like the the concept of redemption uh, and forgiveness, uh, and, and you know, um, redemption and forgiveness, like as story ideas to meditate on. I don't know why they never did it before, but like that, that is good. Uh, Ludo narrative consonance. Everybody talks about Ludo narrative dissonance, which is where Nathan Drake in Uncharted is like a wacky, happy go lucky Indiana Jones yep. type, and then he kills four hundred people. Mass Effect actually had a little bit of that. For totally. Me. Oh we, my we, god! Right? I was playing two like. Playing two and you're working for this evil organization, and in two they kind of just scrap that they're evil. <laughs> yeah, the, you, the elusive man. Yeah, they like they 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 mention they're evil, but you see no examples of them being evil, and it kind of adds to you're like I everyone feels like good people, but I'm being told they're evil, but I'm not seeing it. Yeah, and then they're evil again. And in then the third then one. the third one they're evil again, and it's and it's like it's this weird like. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. They're, I'm getting told all the like. I, it is kind of having me. I'm having a hard time really feeling like I'm in this world, even though it is a great game and I had a great time playing it. I, it's it's kind of it's like I can't really put myself in the feet of this person because this world makes no fucking sense. Right. So that's ludo narrative dissonance, and I, I think it's much rarer to rare the creators rarer. of Snake Rattle. That's that's how we got there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's much rarer to have ludo narrative consonance where what you're doing in the game or the game mechanics. Are reflected in the story and vice versa. Yeah, I think that stuff is really cool, and it is. Outer Wilds does it well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyways, we've <laughs> digressed like, a lot. Yeah, yeah, we, we probably should like be quick about these. Let's do, let's, let's do counselor's like a- corner and take a break. Yeah. I got to say, these counselor pictures are weirdly restrained. I think they're getting ready for next month. Oh I'll- yeah, we got a real surprise for next month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, except- I, I got literally nothing on these next couple sections. We, I mean, honestly, we could probably get to this game because I got. Uh, do you have anything on Mission Impossible? No. Centerfold. We're here at the centerfold, and I got to say, this is the ugliest 
poster that I think they've done so far. I, it looks really bad. The only good thing is, uh, and I, in, in my particular issue, I'm reading it. It, I, it, it only, it doesn't show it in one picture. So I have to like scroll three different pictures. Yeah. Mine too. Uh, and the, you know, but the very bottom one, I don't know what it is, but it seems like maybe he like, uh, it's like a space guy on the moon is, is the thing. And it looks terrible. But the, the last picture, he drops a little bit of like a mine on the moon. I don't, I don't know what the point of this is, but it says eat my moon dust. Number, number one, bad dude. I don't know what that is or what it means, but I kind of like it. It's, it's that, I think that's the license plate on a spaceship is what we're looking at. Oh yeah. Okay. I thought this was like a, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's difficult to tell what's going on. Solar (laughs) Jetman is a cool game also by rare. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, like they've taken the pixelated head of the guy and put it in a badly drawn or badly computer generated solar jetman ship on top of an astronaut's body that's also an illustration. It just doesn't It's not a good poster. It doesn't come together in the way you want. Um I'd much rather that we that instead of this they'd put in the Ninja Gaiden Ninja Facts poster that we covered <laughs> at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Uh all right, you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take the break. Hey, you're listening to the Now You're Playing With Podcast, the podcast. Are you ready? This is the Beer Break, brought to you by Howard and Nestor. Hey, I'm Nestor. Um, Glub up that beer, my friend. Here Here we go! Did you ever think, hey, I would really love to tell Brett and Weston to shut the hell up? Now you can. Send us an email at mailbox at nowyourplaying.com. Boom. All right, let's get back to the guys. Hey, we're back. Yo, yo, yo. And just in time for the special feature on the Game Boy. I can't wait. I've actually got no notes on this. This is not uh, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. It is interesting, like, having them, like, uh, port all... Like, they're kind of... They're trying to say, like, hey, here's this console experience, but now on the go... I always find that like an interesting, like nowadays with like with the switch, it's very doable because like it's, the same, it's the same, it's literally the same thing, but yeah. I, it was always interesting, like all the, like always it being the hot thing to try to get like whatever the handheld console is like, can we get the console experience onto the handheld? And the answer usually was no. And so it was like, how do they try? Like how close to that could they get? Yeah. At this point we are. How long has it been since they started the Game Boy? Game Boy is what eighty nine, and now we're towards the end of nineteen ninety. So we're we're coming up on a year, maybe. Yeah. So I what we're gonna see, we're right now we're still at the part where it's like kind of divergent um, development times, but they get to the point where they start releasing the same game title at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So there's like a Game Boy version and an NES version. Yeah, and. Um, my understanding is sometimes they built them both in house, but it is different teams or sometimes they farm out the Game Boy one to like a Some. Game Boy specialist developer. Huh. Uh, so yeah, right now we get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles follow the foot clan, which is not the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles NES game or oh, TM2, new- the arcade game. Okay. It's its own thing. It's own thing. Which probably, which my guess would be that's the way to go. Right. Like yeah, maybe they, this game is really good. Did they know. ever like, pop a game out like that was with the NES uh, that was comparable to the NES version or was it always like this kind of like overstretch? They haven't done it yet, but um, you know, since we're doing a double and we've already read the next issue, uh, there's stuff coming that, that is that you would say is like a very similar game. Did that, you have a Game Boy? 
Yeah, yeah, I had that one. I got it used from a friend, and it was like it had came with Star Trek yeah, 25th I, anniversary. I've got a question because they're uh-huh. showing all these games in black and white. I my memory is the Game Boy was green. The pixels yeah. were green. Is that am I wrong or, or or was that sun damage or was at some point was it black and white? No, it's that it's that pea green was like the, okay. the Game Boy screen, and I mean even the analog pocket now does a great imitation of that. <laughs> This has got to be how they're capturing uh, the feed off the Game Boy. So they must have at Nintendo of America, in one of the issues, they talk about a, a kit they have that lets them do a print screen off of a Nintendo game. So they're not taking photographs. It's it's like a special machine that prints out a screenshot. So okay. whatever they have for like a Game Boy dev kit, they must be able to do something similar here. And yeah, it looks... It's a little yellowish, but it's more of like a beige color. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, these aren't even these. Aren't, yeah, these are like just printed out. Yeah. So they're doing something else. It's definitely screenshots because you can see, you know, the same turtle over and over <laughs> in a line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't really have anything else to say about these no, these I, games. I, There's not anything. Nothing is a game I really. None know. of these are Pokemon. I mean, Snoopy's magic show. I'm excited for the Pokemon issue whenever that pops up. It'll be like seven years from now. <laughs> is it? Is, does it take that long? 1997, right? Man, that's Pokemon. That's great. Was it? What? Wasn't there like a Japan only Pokemon game that was for the Game Boy? Or am I wrong on that? Pokemon was a Game Boy game originally. Oh, really? Red like, and blue. Red, yeah. Red, what? That's right. You were like one year old when <laughs> when this happened. I, actually, okay. So because I think I played red on the color. But I think the way they like utilized the color was they just turned all the pixels red. <laughs> so if you played game like the game the red so it's version, like a virtual on color, boy, yeah, it's it's all red. And then if you play the blue version, all the pixels would be blue. I don't know about that. That doesn't sound good at all. No, yeah, it, it, it seemed like a terrible decision. Oh, it, that makes more sense. That that it it would have been better in black and in, in green pixels. Hmm. They they have a list here of all the currently the directory of Game Boy games. Everything that came out. So you have like Super Mario Land. Yeah, September 89 would have been the first batch of, because uh, there's Tetris. Yeah, th- this chart here on, uh, this is page 62. Yep, good old chart. So we can see, and this is all the stuff they expect to come out. Castlevania the Adventure comes out in December Ooh. 1990. What is, um, I mean, honestly, like, I, I do actually have more than the NES. I have a lot of nostalgia for the Game Boy and like playing a lot of games that honestly weren't amazing but it was mm-hmm. just like playing Brick Breaker. And I was like, as a kid, I'm like, yeah, it's great. I'm playing Brick Breaker. This is so fun. Yeah, I, th- I think that Game Boy Advance is when it starts to come into its own as a fully featured, like, wow, this is a good uh, hey, uh, this is a way to play games. The Game Boy, I think probably some of the tail end stuff is good. The Zelda Link's Awakening, awesome. That's true. I, I never played it at the time. but Oh, yeah, that, I had that. And I, I just remember being like, holy crap, this is on the Game Boy? Uh and it's truly a game that holds up. It's so charming. Uh, and Tetris is, ama- Tetris is an objectively amazing game. Yeah, uh, Tetris is hard to argue with. That's a good point. Uh, and Pokemon. Yeah. That's it. That's a pretty good lineup. All right, touche. <laughs> touche. <laughs> uh, we got some previews. Uh, little Nemo, the Dream Master. <laughs> I, for some reason, Little Nemo holds a weird spot in my, it lives in my head rent-free I never saw the movie. There's like an animated. Little I didn't Nemo. know that this was a movie. Yeah, because of this game and its constant references in Nintendo Power, I was always just like, "What is Little Nemo the Dream Master?" <laughs> it's weird. It seems like it's really weird. It 
for some reason, when I see this, it feels like a collection of every movie, every cartoon, and every video game I've ever seen pulled into one pinpoint. Like yeah. the cat looks like Garfield. <laughs> it does. <laughs> True. I guess that's really it. Uh, but the <laughs> that's game, the only thing you have. <laughs> well, uh, there's more in the next issue, but since we've already read the next issue, but it, the gameplay looks a lot like Mario. Yeah, like yeah, it's just a platformer, they're like in a mushroom world, and yep, there's um, giant giant toadstools. Yeah, there's giant toadstools. Uh, Nemo is a kid in uh, his PJs, and he rides his bed. He looks like he kind of there's some Peter Pan energy. It does have some Peter Pan energy. That's right. Those alligators feel like every single like children's book I've read have have those alligators in them. I, I don't know. Uh, the characters and setting of Little Nemo are based on a classic series of Sunday comic pages from the early 1900s. Titled Little Nemo in Slumberland? <laughs> what? That's weird. That's like how that, that's where the Adams family came from. It's like 1920s Sunday comics. Huh. That's so strange. Man, we got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Dragon Warrior 2. Dragon Warrior 2. Pumping out sequels. Getting those. Again, gets back to my framework, man. I, I want more sequels using the same engine. They definitely did that over at Enix <laughs> in, the, in the 80s and 90s here because I want I don't know what the gap was between Japanese and American releases, but they had to have had like 20 or 30. I'm that, sorry, that's a that's an exaggeration. They had to have like the the second game had to have already been out when the first one came out here, right? Yeah, I mean this 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 is a pretty quick turnaround for a sequel. Yeah, because it feels like they were just... I mean, the other thing is we're yeah, recording these... There's a ton of Dragon Warrior games, right? It's been more than a year since they covered the original Dragon Warrior. Was it? I don't know. It goes faster for us because we're recording yeah, every couple of weeks. I mean, weeks. still, even... I mean, again, like, uh, for a big series, this, I mean, nowadays that's unheard of, of, like, a year turnaround for a sequel. Unless it's... But I guess, I mean, I guess the modern example of that is the Call of Duty games. Yeah, well, but they, they have those. I mean, also... I would love to see what the budget of a Dragon Warrior versus a, uh, or Dragon Quest versus like a modern game is where Call of Duty costs what, $100 million each game? I guess people do kind of shit on when games do pound out sequels, but like, I just because you're using the same engine doesn't need to, I mean, like people even, I remember when New Vegas came out, like the reviewers of Fallout New Vegas were criticizing it for being just Fallout 3 DLC, but. They did a good they job. They were wrong. I know. I think they were wrong. I they think, were wrong. I, 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 I don't think when I play games, I'm looking for a crazy new engine that blows my mind. I just want the execution of the game to be well done. That's it. That's all I yeah. want. They, well, we're also in a weird spot where we don't get something like this because there are people making indie games that look like 8 and 16-bit games. Yeah. And in some cases are even technically limited enough that they can run on the old hardware. Yeah. Uh, which is a rabbit hole. We got to go down sometime. Honestly, that would be fun. That'd be so fun. Like modern NES games. Yeah. I mean, uh, speaking of that, playing Shovel Knight. I, 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 yeah. I, I'm guessing that would not run on the NES, but. No, that, that one unfortunately will not. But it certainly looks like and plays like those old games. Um, man, that game's great. But the thing is, these are small teams making these games like a. I don't know. I, I'm not sure there's an example. Like the indie games, when they're putting out sequels, there's years of time between them, like a Toby Fox game. Because he yeah. did Undertale in, what, 2016? Yeah. Oh, it's been a long time. But, he, I mean, he's pounded out a couple of Deltarune chapters. Yeah, but. he did Deltarune in, like, 2018. So it takes him a couple years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Those indie studios take a while. But they also usually try to uh, – they're often not – 
they're you're, they're usually starting from scratch, right? Like, That's it. Well, as as we've been talking, I realized that there is maybe an example where the amount of content counts as fast equals, and that's Dead Cells, the uh, the roguelike game. Yeah, uh, because they have put out paid expansions that are like five bucks, uh, four times now, something like that, and it's whole new levels, tons of stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean that that's a huge. I mean that's huge in the indie. So yeah, it seems like indie developers nowadays either make a completely new game or they just massively support their success hit. Like, yeah. Enter the Gungeon. I played that when it first came out and then played it like not recently, but like I got really into it like a year ago and holy crap, it's a whole new game and they didn't even charge you for it. Or Shovel Knight, which they did charge <laughs> for. There's like a whole other. Shovel so, Knight's got so much shit in it. Shovel Knight it 2 and 3. It's got four campaigns. It's got a yeah. whole Smash Brothers Shovel Knight 1, 2, 3, and 4 are all in Shovel Knight as paid expansions. Is that, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just bought the like uh, Treasure. It, I don't know if this is true, but it because Shovel Knight was a Kickstarter game, right? Mm-hmm. It, I don't know. This is me firing from the hip here, but it felt it feels like these were all stretch goals. Like it's like a, if, if we get five thousand more dollars, we'll add another campaign. Twenty more thousand dollars, we'll yeah. add a Smash Bros. game type with all the characters you meet. I don't know. Do you know if that's what that was? Because like I don't know why they're adding all this shit, but I love it. I think with the case of Shovel Knight and with Stardew Valley and Gungeon and all these other uh, indie games, Dead Cells, yeah. the popularity of the game gave them the momentum to just keep, just keep, yeah, just keep make, adding. adding to it. Uh, Terraria, oh it's my so, god, it's, oh yeah, dude, and it's so. I mean, honestly, Minecraft, yeah, my, uh, would probably be the biggest example, the, cla- the classic uh, example. Which is yeah. the, Minecraft's not even. I wouldn't even consider that an indie. It's so weird that Minecraft started with one person because it is like such a mega core at this point. We won't name here. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I honestly don't know all the controversy and stuff there. But. Uh, he's a fascist. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some views that are not cool. They kind of pushed him out. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, I uh, oh, it's just so because like I like. Uh, did you play uh, Inscription? Yeah, I love Inscription because like I loved it. I had so much fun. But I like again when you play an indie game when it first comes out, you can feel that it had to just be smaller scope. But when you pl- like if Inscription, if he were to do this, I don't know if he's going to do this. But it's if he, if he were to start adding more to that game and like add all those like other aspects that were mm-hmm. could have been there but weren't. Yeah. I w- like that's what I wanted. I wanted it to feel like a triple A, and it can be if he decides to go that route, which is cool. You should do uh, a spinoff of Inscription for the play date. Ooh, you know what I'm talking about? Which part of the game you could? Oh yes, yeah. Oh my god. Oh, that would actually be oh, that'd great. be so good. Man, we got to call what's his face? <laughs> what is his name? I forget. Uh, uh, he did Pony, whatever. The Pony other- Island. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know the name of the developer. Anyways, uh, here's while, while we're talking about indie game goodness, uh, when is somebody going to do kind of an indie remake of Solar Jetman, or have they done it and we just missed it? Because this game would be perfect for that style of. Is this like Lunar Lander? It uh, plays like Lunar Lander. You rotate the ship, though, so it's not just thrust up. You can thrust in any direction. Oh, cool! Um, it's really janky. It's another rare joint, uh, but there's some. Once you get the basic mechanics down, there's a ton of stuff you do where you can power up your ship and you tow stuff back to your ship to buy extra thingies and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, This all sounds pretty appealing. Yeah, homing missiles. If a game has homing missiles, it's automatically good. Honestly, a game where you just have a ship and you're upgrading it. Have you ever played the Flash game Motherload? 
Oh, that sounds so familiar, but I do not remember. Uh, okay, yeah, this is a game where it's like you just upgrade a ship you have, or not a ship, but a vehicle. That's cool. Um, and then this is a pretty strong preview section here because we just went from Solar Jetman to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to the arcade game, which is kind of the Ninja Turtles game. Was it? Was the port good though? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely not as good as the arcade, which is more of like a 16-bit game. Yeah, but, but it's comparable. Yeah, it was totally fun to play, and it's got extra levels. You got to go through that uh, burning apartment building with giant cannonballs rolling down the stairs to rescue April. I've, I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever played the uh, this game. Oh, this I've, game's great. I've only ever played the Simpsons uh, arcade game. There is, so they did this one and then the sequel to it. Uh, so they, they did an NES only sequel, the Manhattan Project, which is more of this reusing the game engine, just like you were saying. And then the Super Nintendo one is Turtles in Time, which is the other kind of okay. infamous yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, arcade game. Uh, and then we're here at new games now available. I don't know what I have to cover here. Gauntlet is very fun. Gauntlet, yeah, I love Gauntlet. Uh, I, I this is an, I got another nostalgic because I I've got very deep memories of a few NES games that I'm like, man, did this even exist or was this a memory? Uh, one of them is Barker Bill's Trick Shooting. <laughs> is that was, a pool? It's a puzzle game. It, no, it's a, it uses the um, NES gun. Oh, cool! And you just play like kind of carnival games with the gun. How have I never heard of this game? I mean, I don't think it's a good game, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, super, super like, oh my God, this game exists. I, 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 I didn't. I'm not crazy. I, I, I'm I not was, like, crazy. Four years old watching like this be played at my grandma's house. Wow. It looks kind of like uh, Point Blank, if you know the Namco light gun games from the PlayStation. No. It's kind of like a bunch of mini games. Yeah, this is pretty much what it is. It's okay. just like three, four. I think it's just three mini games that you play. And there's like, yeah. Uh, in the video shorts section, uh, there's a exciting new Bugs Bunny game, a Gilligan's <laughs> Island game, a game based on the monster truck Bigfoot. Yep. And a game based on Mad Max and the absolutely atrocious Back to the Future 2 and 3 game. Over oh, those bad games? That was a bad game, man. Or is uh, just a bad game? It's both of them. Oh, Cabal is on here. Uh, we should remind when uh, we do this next episode of the Andy, he has to tell the Cabal story. <laughs> You've uh, heard this story, right? May, well, did he talk about it in our one of our episodes already? He, I think he told another one. For the Christmas episode, he talked about getting a swirly at his friend's house. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember what he did when he guessed it, because that was a while back now. Hey, uh, you know, honestly, some, sometimes we're going to... Sometimes we're going to say the same stories, and you viewers, it's, it's, just get ready. I want to I want to give him the chance to tell that story because it's pretty funny. You uh, know, it's actually interesting. So if someone, oh, you know how it's like kind of this weird, like we're reading these magazines once every two weeks, but they only make these every two months, so we're getting like this kind of sped up uh, timeline, right? Mm-hmm. If someone listens to this podcast and binge all these episodes, we record these every two weeks, but you can conceivably read these listen to multiple on a single day yeah so you're going through like multiple time warps in that scenario oh um, yeah yeah this is like you're like i i think we're, about we're on like a time treadmill at like five miles per hour you'll be on 10 you could just go zoom in this was every once in a while i will wax nostalgic about the podcast that i started listening to i mean honestly in like 2005 so it's been a while yeah you know like GameSpot presents the hot spot uh, GFW Radio, One Up Yours. And a lot of these podcasts, 
I used to listen to him because I loved hearing these stories from these games journalists who were all kind of like growing up in California, California suburbs. And it was like their chaotic upbringing. Yeah. Like kind of the trashy, ridiculous adventures. But I went back and re-listened to some like best of episodes. There's this guy that used to aggregate like all the year's best of his favorite shows. Yeah. It's called This Year. He doesn't do it anymore, but you can get his stuff on the internet archive still. Ooh. And listening to multiple years in a row <laughs> to a person, it kind of takes the edge off because a lot of these people will tell these ridiculous, hilarious stories of their youth, yeah. some of whom work in game development now. I won't name names, but you know who you are. And uh, it's all just like, oh, yeah, well, actually, the reason why I was like this was because my family moved around so much growing up that I didn't have any friends. And also all the people that I befriended by being a jackass uh, had drug problems. And it's, <laughs> it's just like, wow, wow, that kind of when you put it all in a mason jar, sometimes the top the the top kind of is bitter. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's any like that's uh, information scary. <laughs> <laughs> knowledge the pursuit of knowledge is terrifying i'm i'm down for it the bad and the good but um and i realized that uh <laughs> what i'm telling the listeners is when you listen to like the full decade of these episodes in the future you know when we hit 1999 um and things <laughs> the 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 dark future that's coming for us specifically <laughs> the co-hosts of this podcast i'm just saying we know it's going to happen <laughs> for the back or, or i mean like that's not even really the bad that's all, just explaining why uh, the way a person is is also sad <laughs> <laughs> i feel like uh in this specific recording i've i felt a need to when we digress to just go to a dark real place every <laughs> single time every episode i just like that's what's in me right now yeah well like yeah someone could listen to this and be, and, and, and be like uh, well, I guess you can't technically. I'm kind of a loud person. There's the reason why it's probably sad. <laughs> Every <laughs> oh, no. answer is, is a, you, you, personality is created by bad things happening to you and you adapting. Here, uh, maybe if we if I tell a funny anecdote that lacks context, it will take the edge off of this uh, this digression. Uh, this Bigfoot game. Once upon a time, before I moved to LA, I worked at Calendars.com. In the call center, this is an Austin-based company. Calendars.com? Calendars.com. You can buy calendars from them. (laughs) Uh, So I would get customer support calls for calendars and or the San Francisco Music Box Company. And sometimes it would just be like, you sent, I tried to get my grandma a Thomas Kincaid calendar and you sent them a porn calendar instead. (laughs) And I would be like, that's really fucked up and I'm sorry. (laughs) What can we do to make it right? But one time this guy was like, I need some... I need some monster truck calendars, but I don't see any Bigfoot calendars on the website. And I'm like, let me run a search. And I was a little surprised, but I couldn't find any either. I guess for whatever reason Mm. in like the holidays, 2007, they just did not have monster truck calendars. They didn't bother to make any or they didn't bother to buy any. Yeah, that seems like a missed market. So, you know, I told him basically as much. I'm like, you know, it seems like we have at least a couple, but I've on, you know, I've, we checked for a bunch of, we tried Undertaker, we tried, you know, Bigfoot. We, I looked up a couple other monster trucks. We tried those, nothing coming. And uh, he just would not accept that and kept me on the phone for over an hour. He's just like, search again. And I'd be like, for what? And he'd give me a name. And I'm like, nothing's coming up. Search again. Really? Like for an hour. <laughs> That's brutal. Yay. Honestly, you got to have your monster truck account. I get it. 
Yeah, you know, in hindsight, I'm going to take the guy's side. I think he should have been able to get a monster truck calendar for us. I think we really fucked up that year. The purchasing team just really dropped the ball. But yeah, I mean, like, even if you want to, like, I, that almost, I mean, it's, it, it is impossible to, like, I guess, guess what that guy was going through in life that, that, that caused him to be a dick on that <laughs> phone call. But that's the part where I was like, well, without context, this is funny. Yeah. To, oh, totally. But yeah, he, he probably like needed a, I mean that, yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah, it's everything. It's like that, that, you know, the whole bully thing. It's like, anyone's like a piece of shit. Like they probably have a sad reason why they are like that. So it's hard to yeah. be mad at them. So it's like this weird loop. Do you want to throw out some sad possible reasons why he was obsessed with there well, being well, a monster truck? Why counter? he needed the, uh, <laughs> terminally ill. Uh, he, um, oh yeah. And that's like yeah. his last, his only yeah. way. It's, it's his last, his last Christmas and he just wanted to gift, uh, a loved one. Oh, that's really sad. Um, <laughs> that's he, extremely sad. Uh, he was a, uh, monster truck driver who got in an accident and was told he could never drive a monster truck again. Yeah. And he needed like one thing to kind of, that's too, uh, too uh, genuine to his passion. Two genuinely sad possibilities. What else Honestly, have we got? Likely he just doesn't like his life. He needed a win. Yeah, that one's pretty sad too, but a little funnier. Life's been knocking him down. He just needed something. Uh, Lottery tickets just were not hitting, and uh, his wife left him. And Um, he he's trying to impress his uh, wife's dad, (laughs) and the only thing his dad likes is monster trucks. And he's and he. but granted, he he's already had it. the conversation where the dad's like, I will never be proud of you. I wish you weren't my son-in-law. Yeah. And so yeah. this is like right, a so that's four. desperate attempt to get his the, the affection of his father-in-law. Four authentically <laughs> sad things that could be an explanation. Uh, let's do one more. Let's we'll do stop. one more. Um, um, is there one that's like not as really sad? Um, honestly, what if, uh, what if he's Nestor? <laughs> <laughs> It's Nestor, and he is an adult Nestor, and he just never learned. I mean, this was 2007, yeah, you, so Nestor would have been, what, yeah, in his 40s? Do you think there could be a, yeah, we want to find a non-sad reason of why he could have been a dick on, uh, I don't know if that exists, man. Like, I feel like people aren't shitty, like, without, like, life hitting them a little bit. He could have been a, just, like, a sociopath. Now that's Yeah, true. Maybe he just doesn't, maybe he just lacks empathy. Yeah, he just doesn't. But that's still sad, man. It's sad that some people, like, are born that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, <laughs> uh, next up in the NES Journal, uh, they're announcing the Super Famicom. And this is actually a pretty famous uh, source of early Super Mario World images. These, yeah. these thumbnails here are of a unfinished version of Super Mario World that looks more like Super Mario Brothers 3. Totally, yeah. And I, I wasn't sure if it's just because like some of these, a lot of these images are a little saturated. So mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure if like the saturation was making it look so weird, but I, I don't think it's just that it like the, the, the world map looks like a crayon drawing. Yeah. It, the world map does look like, uh, how the final maps came out, but it, it's a little, it's a, it's an unrec, they completely redid the world map for the actual game release. And I think it is the saturation too. That makes it look weird, but they, yeah, the actual yeah. gameplay, like he doesn't. Mario's got, like, when he has the fire flower on, he is drawn in what appears to be orange lines like, and again, these these are tiny thumbnails, but it yeah. looks like Super Mario Brothers 3, where he turns orange. Do you, I have, I always love, I always have a huge fascination with, like, betas and early versions of stuff. I love this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, and I, I always just love the, because it kind of reminds you that this is a craft and that, like, um, uh, like, they, I just saw that, they just, brought up a bunch of footage for Ocarina of Time of like old 
like oh, an, cool. old, an old demo of it got pulled out or something like that. And like, I've been seeing a ton of videos of like, old. they had a very, very playable old version of Ocarina of Time. And it's so neat to see like, oh, this, this icon's different than it is in the, huh. in the final version. And like, um, th- this town looks a lot shittier than it does in the final version. It's just cool. There's a lot of, uh, when I was playing Demon Souls, the, uh, the PS5 remake, which I highly recommend, man, that game was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and that made me like a bonafide Souls fan. So now I'm like down, can't wait for Elden Ring, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I, I will play Bloodborne if they do a 60 FPS version on PC or PlayStation. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Sony, make it happen. Uh, that game has... Uh, I think the hub world has six statues in it, but you can only go to five of them. The sixth statue is destroyed, so that gateway just doesn't function in the game lore. Yeah, but <laughs> there's uh, it, that was supposed to lead to the world of giants, and there is some information out there, including like incomplete level files and stuff on the PS3 disc Whoa. of what the world of giants was like, and that stuff is cool. Ah, dude, I love it, and it's made even better because like. What's great about those Souls games, and Demon Souls is no exception, is there's great in-world storytelling and lore. Yeah. So it is genuinely interesting to me, you know, oh, what's this part of Bulletaria like? I would love to know, you know. Oh, man. That's found so, out about that's the Tower so, of Latria and all that. Oh, man, that game story is so cool. <laughs> the, yeah, that's so fucking cool. Um, also of note here, this thumbnail of the Super Famicom, the controllers have red buttons like the NES does, but oh. the, the final Super Famicom has multicolored buttons. Good, good call. So anyways, there's a celebrity profile here on Will Wheaton. <laughs> the old Will Wheaton. Uh, everyone's favorite, uh, Wesley Crusher on Star Trek. So he's the second Star Trek TNG <laughs> actor because Michael Dorn did one a few months back. Yeah, too bad Andy's not here. Yep. Uh, <laughs> He's, I don't know, Will, Will Wheaton is a huge nerd and uh, good on him. Good on him. <laughs> he doesn't say anything especially crazy. Like, he, he did, does say he wants to run for Congress, which, Will, if you're out there, um, maybe you should. <laughs> Go for it, buddy. Uh, and there's like a section on merch, which you can buy a Super Mario Brother toothbrush. Cool. <laughs> Wow, you got nothing on that. And, I really don't. I'm, I'm, raising, I'm raising my hand here. Uh, uh, and then the Super Mario Brothers 3 animated show gets a little teaser. And uh, I don't know if you have anything you want to say about the animated show. It was uh, no. fine from what I remember. Uh, they did a Maniac Mansion TV show. Oh, did they? <laughs> I watched a couple of clips from this. Um, Is it like an Adams Family vibe? I don't, I don't understand. Because... The Munsters or Adam's family would be the point of reference, right? Or you do something where you have the teens on the outside as kind of antagonists to a weird family, because that's what the game is. The show is not either of those things. It's just kind of a sitcom with a weird family. Like, is it even, is there any haunted vibe to it? Or, uh, like, there's an uncle that was turned into a fly. So there's like a, we're a, so he's like literally like a tiny little fly. It's not good. Okay. Is what I want to say. I was like disappointed with how horrible it seemed. Maybe it's just like a first episode vibes and it picks up. I don't know. I mean, I don't mind like having a character who's a fly, but it's, it's I mean, always, Eugene Levy uh, is yeah. in it. We love Eugene Levy. We love Eugene Levy. He's, he's a national treasure. Wait, any Canadian? I don't know. A continental uh, treasure. Huh. Yeah. What, what? It is always weird when like sitcoms get weird, like weird in that way too. Cause it's like, 
I normally like absurd stuff, but like, I feel like it just doesn't work for me. Yeah, I just don't, I do not get it. Um, maybe playing the game will it should change my opinion, change my mind. All right. Pack watch. Uh, you can uh, learn to play piano on the NES now. That's kind of cool. The miracle piano <laughs> teaching system. Pretty sick. Uh, I don't really have anything else in here. I got uh, the, I, I did like, you know, we t- always describe the pocket goblins as off brand, uh, <laughs> pocket, mar- pocket, go- pack go- uh, pocket, po- uh, gossip goblins, gossip goblins. They do uh, as like rip off Pokemon. They do predate Pokemon. Whoever made this must be kicking themselves. If, if, if the gossip goblins guy, I mean, made, this one is just a tractor made. The- <laughs> this one is a microwave <laughs> with a ghost arm coming out of it. So yeah, it's like, I guess I always like... <laughs> These are so weird. <laughs> okay, yeah, we gotta get out of this Gossip Goblin hellhole. Is uh, is one of these the wolf thing? Yeah, Data East is working on an adventure game which stars a werewolf as the hero. And they don't have the title of the game, they're just like, they want it to be like Castlevania, but you can climb walls, and they might do a comic book tie-in. That's what the... <laughs> and that's what the tractor says. The, <laughs> Freaking gossip goblins. Um, <laughs> I did want to call out um, Howard's letter to the readers in the next issue section, mostly because I want to mention that he he talks about finishing grad school and he has a master's degree. <laughs> Good for Howard. Uh, that made me feel like Howard's a lot younger than we pin him as. I think the bow tie adds some years. Yeah. But, but is Howard like 27? He, I mean, I, he might be, man. I, I don't know. It's hard to, I mean, he looks pretty young in these photos. He, he looks like upper twenties, lower thirties, right? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Is it, he's trying to get the hell out of Hindu. I'm so sick of being their star their employee. Freaking, you know why? It's because they're underpaying him. He's only making $12,000 a year. <laughs> I, I bet they are. Which, for some reason, with inflation, goes down in the modern day. It's like nine thousand. Uh, yeah, do you, I mean, I don't. Do you think Howard Phillips is going to get a Wikipedia article? I looked up the wrong Howard Phillips, and it said he died in twenty thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a uh, that's a politician that ran for president. I'd actually be curious then what Howard Phillips looks like nowadays. Uh, he was born in seventy three, so he would have been not even. He would have been twenty eight. 28, yeah. wow. He, uh, 28, 27. So we, d- dead on with how old he was. Player poll contest. Hey, if you, uh, if you win this player polls con- player's poll contest, you get to go to Richard Garriott's castle in Austin, <laughs> <Yeah>. Texas. <laughs> Pretty sick. Once upon a time, I was interning for the director, <laughs> Richard Linklater, in Austin. Yeah. Around the time I was working at calendars.com, actually. And I wanted to strike up a, a conversation with him. Have I told this story before? I'm getting weird deja vu. I think you might have, yeah. I, 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 I just know when I read this, I knew you had some link to Ultima. There must the have Ultima been. Castle. Maybe it was the last time we were talking about Ultima. But yeah, like Richard Linklater comes in and I'm at the front desk of his office, which was like a former dentist office in Austin. <laughs> and I wanted to talk to him. So I was just like, hey, do you know Richard Garriott has a castle in, in like West Austin? Have you ever been there? And he's like, no, we don't really hang out. <laughs> and that was the conversation. <laughs> So yeah, I think uh, we talked about this stuff. Like it is cr- like some of these developers just got so rich. Apparently, 
he made so much money off of Ultima, and yeah, he just he founded Origin in Austin, which is where they made Wing Commander Three. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. So I guess you get to go to Austin and hang out with Richard Garriott, which I mean, honestly, that doesn't sound too bad. Not, yeah, his house is full of suits of armor and crystal balls. And uh, honestly, like that would look more like back when we had the contest where you would win to get to go to the Nintendo headquarters. I bet his house looks more like what you'd want. Yeah, exactly. Quarters look like it's pr- probably way more fun. Yeah, they. I believe the is it the documentary insert coin on Netflix has Richard Garriott in it a fair amount in one episode, and I think it's at his house. Okay, and it's just full of you know it's 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 a nerd lair. It's a, it's a nerd lair, <laughs> yeah, man. Honestly, like the best prize a kid could get, like a nerdy kid could get, is to visit a rich nerd person's house. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds great. And then second place, you get some role-playing games, Heroes of the Lance. Um, third place, I swear to God, if I see one more picture of Howard tucking in a T-shirt, <laughs> I'm going to scream, but you get, a, you get a Nintendo Power T-shirt. Hey, yeah, he's he's doing okay. All right. That's the issue. Do we have the... Do, do yeah. Where's um, the completion? Don't, don't do not I'm not. I'm not. I, I, yeah. Um, hey. We made it. Do you want to do the Howard Howard and Nestor ratings? I feel like I feel like we're caring less about Howard and Nestor as we go on. Uh, what if we rate? Yeah, let's rate something new. Let Let's look up the Garfield uh, a Garfield Sunday comic and rate Garfield, Odie, and John again. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back to Garfield. <laughs> Isn't that what we did? <laughs> That's what we did in the Gar. <laughs> That's what we did last one. So this would have been what October nineteen ninety. Sorry, making Garfield canon. Um, Garfield. Gar- October I'm, I'm, 1990 Garfield comic. All right, let's pick uh, the first Sunday one. Wait. Uh, I, so I, I have October 7th, 1990. Um, <laughs> yeah, this one, it's uh, Garfield has a rainbow. Uh, the title is done in rainbow colors. Oh, yeah. And um, he's kicking Odie into a glass of water, which feels like, is that a circus joke? I don't know. Garfield sucks. Uh, Anyways, Garfield stands on scale. Scale says, boy, are you fat? And he gets back at the scale by putting on cleats and standing on the scale. Pretty good. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, so, I guess the two main characters we'd be rating is Garfield and the scale. <laughs> okay. And, 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 the, and the sentient scale. Garfield and the scale. Okay. Uh, would you like to go first? Or yeah. Should I? All right. So, I'm going to give Garfield a... Um, <laughs> I don't know. I... Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll give him a seven. I'll, nah, I'm Garfield. I'll give him a five. Uh, Garfield gets a five. Yeah, he puts on the cleats. I guess that's if you want to get at back at a scale, that that's the way to do it. I guess. Um, sure, it works. He's uh, effective uh, in getting revenge on the scale. And the and the <laughs> scale just if you step out, it just screams that you're fat. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't seem like a very effective scale. Yeah. Especially if it's a scale built for humans, a cat's going to weigh what? Like 30 pounds? Yeah. How I would guess, it know? Well, like, it seems pretty sen- It's got to have some camera technology then. Um, yeah. So well, it's a smart scale. Yeah. So I, it clearly can like see. It clearly has vision. So like I, I bet sometimes you step on it and just says, you're ugly. And it can feel pain. You're ugly. Uh, it feels pain. It's pretty complex. I would say 1990s It's, it's curious at what he's doing when he's rummaging in the closet. This scale is as smart as, yeah, a, as a child, I'll maybe? I'd have to give it at least a seven. I mean, it, it, yeah, it right. seems like it's at least it's got the intelligence of an eight-year-old. And for a scale, I would say that's pretty impressive. That's a, all right. So Garfield gets a five, scale gets a seven? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll go seven, sure. Uh, for me... 
I'm a little curious about Garfield's motivations here. Like, why does he choose to step on the scale? Because in the first panel, he's so curious. I mean, he's kind of just, he kind of brought this on himself. He's being cruel to the scale for no reason. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they call him fat. But I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe he. And he's looking just, at the viewer like we're there. So he's clearly, he's too powerful for this comic strip, you know? Yeah. Like, if Nestor knew that we were reading comics about him the whole time, can you think of how annoying That's true. Be? I don't want ever Nestor to look me in the eyes. Yeah, I'm going to give Garfield a two because I don't nah, like his I don't like his vibe. Uh, I'm going to give... I love that the scale is... Uh, I think the scale lies to him because the scale is giggling. Yeah. After he t- calls him fat. So I'm yeah, gonna, the scale's fun, man. I'm going to give the scale a nine. I, <laughs> I feel like the scale is the best comic book character we've gotten so far. Yeah, that I, scale's so fucking mean, and it's as intelligent as a, you know, it's like a three or four-year-old. I hope the scale sticks around in the Garfield comic books. I hope I hope the scale gets a couple more strips. It also helps, like, the scratchiness on the yow that it yells, yells out when Garfield steps on it with cleats makes me think of the old... Um, kind of the Looney Tunes scream that characters will make. I don't know if that brings to mind a specific scream for you, but it does for me that nah, like really. adult, like, yeah. Oh! <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Scale gets a nine. So two for Garfield, nine for the scale. Great. End of the episode. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, really appreciate it. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for putting up hey thanks, if, thanks for making it through man yeah if you made it all the way through uh tell your friends yeah if that the best way to help a podcast grow is to tell a friend about I've it i've been tolerating the best video game podcast it's called the now you're playing with power podcast. it's been great they rate garfield at the end hey honestly they got so sick of the comics and nintendo power and now they're rating just garfield arbitrarily with some some podcasts do a thing where like they'll read reviews on on the air if someone leaves a review Oh yeah, you could leave us a review. A leave good a, one. If, yeah, potentially. If you, if you leave us um Do we have any reviews? Let me see. Yeah. Let's open the podcast app. Or or like it, sometimes they shout out the name. Maybe we should figure out something to do with these people. Yeah, shout out your name. We should maybe review their re- review their review. <laughs> we absolutely can. <laughs> Now You're Playing With Podcast Podcast is brought to you by the Podcast Power Players Power Team. Music by Games Cameron. Find back episodes, send us emails, and do cool stuff at our website, nowyou'replaying.com. That's your with an E, because we know how to do grammar.